0: What is that when you jump around and carry on and do the who dat, who dat
1: stuff? Who dat, you know, that's really kind of a, a fan, you know, that's that's our our, our chant.
2: Duncan Holder Podcast here with you on the Athletics Podcast Network. Larry Holder, Jeff Duncan here with you. Of course, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, appreciate All of the listens, multiple ways, of course, you could do this as usual, theathletic.com slash New Orleans. You can get 40% off of an annual subscription, or you could go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a million, jump on the Duncan Holder podcast. But I know there is one loyal subscriber that is going to be joining us on this podcast right now, and that's Tulane head football coach willie fritz and 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 willie i always appreciate whenever i run into you you show me the phone you show the big a app and you're always a loyal (laughs) athletic subscriber how you been my friend
1: i'm doing great y'all do super job i'm i guess i'm a little old school i like reading stuff and it's i know it's not a newspaper but it, it feels like a newspaper and uh it's uh it's uh great articles i was uh Kind of looking at uh, some of the stuff you've uh, they're, they're, they've put out today, and I look forward to looking at some of that. Some of the people who should be in the Hall of Fame but are not in the Hall of Fame. So
0: uh, th- that'll be an interesting article to read. Coach, um, how you how you passing the time these days with this crazy world we're in? I mean, everyone's got a different I think routine and protocol. Uh, what's like a typical day, or is there a typical day for uh, Coach Willie Fritz?
1: Uh, you know, I've been working my tail off. There is an unlimited amount of information out there to to get better in football, to get better, you know, and, and, uh, you know, being a head coach organization structure uh, you know, I'm doing clinics with, with other staffs. I'm doing clinics for some other staffs, Uh, you know, uh, we're staff meeting twice a week. we're, having a department meeting twice a week. We're having team meetings twice a week. We're having position meetings almost every day. I jump in. Uh, We did an interesting deal the other day where I had, uh, we invited all former lettermen uh, to to come on a, a Zoom conference meeting. I think we had 150, 60 guys that signed up and participated. And I just did a kind of a state of the union with Tulane football and uh, really neat. Had a bunch of, you know, I counted it up. I think we had seven current NFL players on it and uh, probably about 15 former NFL players on it. Then doctors and lawyers and, you know, uh, successful business people from all over the country. And then the next day, you know, we invited them in that night uh, and gave them a code to get into position meetings the next day and those guys jumped in position meetings with our current players and our guys introduced themselves to the lettermen and lettermen introduced themselves to our guys and told them what they're doing now and uh, I kind of went from meeting to meeting and uh, it was really neat it was uh, we're trying to get as engaged as we possibly can with our our lettermen all of our alums and all of our fans and during this time, you, you really have the opportunity to do that. So we've been working on that as well.
2: Well, Willie, how creative have you had to be? Because it sounds like uh, you, you've had, you know, you're doing this and doing the Zoom. And how creative have you had to be uh, just with your staff and with your players uh, given this unprecedented uh, time, basically, in the history of our country?
1: Well, we're, we're, we're doing all sorts of different projects. Uh, you know, I got one of my coaches who's kind of leading us. And presenting a, a book that we're reading called Thinking Fast and Slow, which is really fascinating. we think it can help us as a staff. Uh, so we, we're doing that a couple times a week, having a little call about that. And then, you know, I give them a bunch of projects to do. Uh, you know, like defensively, we got one coach who's kind of our tackling expert. And he's, you know, we've had these powerpoints, but we're updating the powerpoints and film clips and you know, talking to other staffs about the best ways to tackle. And we're we're doing the same thing on block destruction, getting off of blocks as a defensive lineman, a linebacker, a secondary guy. Takeaways, we, we weren't good at that last year. And we're, we're talking far and wide across the country with people about uh, becoming better in that area, playing with effort. J.J. Uh, McCleskey, uh, one of my coaches, he played with the Saints and the, the Cardinals, and that's – kind of the reason why he was able to play in the NFL for eight years, is played with great effort. And he's kind of leading that for us. And I got my running back coach doing a little project on takeaways. So we'll, we'll, then we're doing stuff with schemes, comparing it to other, you know, uh, uh, talking to other schools and how they may do things. Other pro teams, you know, we are very fortunate. Uh, my quarterback coach did something interesting the other day. Uh, uh, Nelson Stewart is head coach at Newman High School here in New Orleans, uh, you know, his buddies with uh, Peyton Manning. And uh, he hooked it up for uh, – Nelson kind of called me and told me how, how much he enjoyed visiting with Will Hall, my offensive coordinator, and said, any way I can help you, I'll do it. And I said, yeah. so we Will up with uh, Peyton Manning. And, uh, Will went an hour with Peyton the other day and had a, had a list of questions to, to ask him. You know, I'm having guest speakers come into our team meetings. Um, coach Payton uh, from the Saints uh, came in and did just an unbelievable job. He went about 50, 55 minutes and, you know, talked about uh, some of the adversity he's faced as a head coach with the Saints, with Katrina, and then the, the lockout in 2011. And, and he was also an assistant coach, you know, when uh, we had the terrorist attack uh, he was with the Giants when all that occurred, uh, when they hit the Twin Towers. So that, that was fascinating. Uh, he did an excellent job and appreciate Coach Payton doing that for us. We had a uh, you know, former two-lane great Matt Forte got on and did did a super job. Uh, one of the questions our guys asked him was, "You know, are you using your two-lane degree right now? And he said, I use it every day. I I manage my own money. <laughs> he goes, I'm a finance." I'm a finance major and an accounting major at Tulane. So I use it every single day, which, you know, he said there's a lot of guys that, you know, get into the pros and they lose their money by having other people do it and not understand how to how to, how to supervise it. And that was great. We had Aeneas Williams speak to the team. Uh, his dad is a season ticket holder of Tulane football games. And Aeneas, I guess, worked out all the time at Tulane when he was playing in the NFL. He was outstanding. Uh, Eli Manning uh, spoke to the team. And uh, it, was, it was really neat because he talked about how he was a big fan of the green wave growing up and Sean King, how he used to come to all the games and, and watch. And he says he's even snuck on campus and seen the new facility. And uh, so that was uh, uh, neat for the guys. And then I had this other uh, gentleman named Damon West. He he wrote a book called The Change Agent, and uh, his bestseller in the New York Times, and he also has a book out called The Coffee Bean, and he worked with uh, John Gordon on this book, and uh, he spoke to our team before. He's got a fascinating story. I, I encourage you guys to, to get him on your podcast if you get a chance, because uh, it's an incredible story that, that Damon has, and, and he shared with our guys again. So those are those are some of the things that that we've done. And I, I try to be creative as possible. So they don't just see my ugly mug on the screen when we do those zoom calls.
0: Well, coach, I know, um, you talked about, you mentioned the camps earlier and obviously, um, those are things that probably have fallen by the wayside in this pandemic. But one of the things I think some of our listeners might be surprised to learn, and it's something you and I have talked about before is, uh, you know, you're all kind of cooperative and, um, Positive relationship with other staffs, other coaching staffs in the state, in particular LSU. You know those two universities have been longtime rivals, but I know that you and Coach Ogeron have a really good relationship. Uh, you've, you've mentioned to me about Greg McMahon being an old friend, and and can you can you speak a little bit about your all's relationships among the staffs and how you all uh, get along and kind of cooperate, um, not only in these camps but also otherwise.
1: Well, you know, Coach O, you know, had a big deal about closing the borders of the state to outside groups. And I was all for that, you know, and uh, so we'll have all the universities we'll come to New Orleans, and uh, you know, they'll they'll uh, work out on Tulane's campus. I don't know how many kids we had last year off the top of my head, but we had way over a thousand, and we had three different sessions, and uh, it was really neat to see the cooperation with all the staffs. You know, we had a bunch of the uh, FCS staffs, Division II. Uh, We even had a – We since we don't have JUCOs in in Louisiana, we did let a couple of JUCOs from over Mississippi come over. But uh, it's great. Uh, You know, as you said before, uh, Greg McMahon and I have been good friends for a long, long time, long before I came to Tulane, you know, 20, 25 years something. And, uh, you know, so that helped foster their relationship as well. But – you know, it, we, we've signed so many guys from those camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say at least half of our guys. And that's one of the things. We're, we're doing a little uh, conference call right now. I've got uh, Terry Fontenot, who's player personnel director for the Saints, and Michael Parenton, who's a senior scout for the Saints. Those guys both played for Tulane, great players for the Green Wave. And, uh, matter of fact, Michael and uh, – Matt Forte, best friends. They're best men in each other's, each other's weddings. But we're we're doing a deal right now. We went about two hours with him yesterday, just on evaluations, because it's going to be a critical year for uh, getting correct evaluations. Because you're not going to have the benefit of doing these one day camps and having these kids out there where you get a a real 40 yard dash time. You know, I've I've had it happen to thousands of times in my career where I get a a time from a, a coach or somebody that you know, he runs a four six, and then darn it, he gets to our place and he slows down incredibly, and he runs the four nine. You know, I don't know what happens. But, so we're not going to get these accurate results. We're not going to get to see the kids' movement and drills, uh, get to know them a little bit better face to face. So they gave us some excellent ideas yesterday on how, you know, uh, you know how important. And it was really similar for them. You know, other than the guys who went to the combine, they were kind of, you know, flying, you know, about a seat of their pants with all these guys that they were uh, evaluating for free agents or guys that didn't get to participate in the uh, in the camps. Just like me talking about, you know, not quite sure on the high school times if they're doing it the same way as we do it. That's the same way that Terry and Mike uh, feel about, the college coaches and the times they get from them, you know, so you, you want to do it yourself and get an accurate broad jump and vertical jump and five ten five and three cone and height, weight, reach, hand size, all those things factor into, you know, what kind of an athlete a guy is. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to do that. It's just not going to happen, but, you know, we're having so much contact with these kids, you know, I'm doing about three, uh, home visits a day with kids. And they last almost an hour apiece. Hmm. You know, I do them all over the country with these kids. And it gives me a chance to get to know them. You know, even though it's not face-to-face, it's close. There's a lot of interaction with it. They get to ask me a bunch of questions. I have a presentation that I go over about Tulane. Uh, and, and this is helps me with, uh, you know, evaluating character. You know, one of the things we talked about with Terry and, Michael, it was amazing. My my coaches get tired of listening to me talk about, you know, information gathering and and uh, making sure that, you know, these guys check all the boxes character-wise. It's, it's going to be my 28th year as a head coach. I have no desire to be around, you know, guys who are not aren't fun to deal with, you know, and, and so, you know, if they've had a bad 18 years, it's going to be tough for me to change those kind of guys. So the Saints do the same thing. You know, and I, I, I'm i not trying to blow smoke up Coach Peyton, Fannie, and Mickey Loomis and all those guys. But I, I've been to many, many uh, pro camps under different regimes, under different head coaches. Uh, first uh, NFL camp I went to was in 1985. So I've been to a couple of them since that time. And, you know, the Saints have really done a great job with, with their locker room. I mean, they got – they really got good people on there. They they make a mistake just like everybody does, just like just like I do. I'm, I've done on numerous occasions. But I'll tell you what, it's it's fun to be around uh, those guys and, and everybody's you know generally speaking, everybody's coaching staff and their front office and you know are are, are good people and you see that sometimes the players you're not so qu- quite sure about. It, you know, you're not quite sure how they're they're running their outfit. The Saints, I'm telling you, is just his aces. They are they've got fantastic uh their their players are just outstanding people that's a credit to the to the organization so that's that's one thing we try to don't emulate. worry the
2: check's in the mail so i'm sure the saints are are listening right now over ahead <laughs> and, and the check's in the mail for you,
1: <laughs> no, I, tell you what, I, I mean you guys may, may not know me well enough but if that wasn't the case i would oh, oh, like know that. you well enough. <laughs> really, they, 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 they uh they really uh, do an excellent job. You know, you you get out there and you sit in on one of their meetings, you eat in the cafeteria with them, you're out there on the practice field and you, you got this close access and, you know, you can smell a rat, you know, you can, you can see what's going on uh, for sure. But I, I just, you know, and then a lot of these guys, uh, our players have gotten to know them and, you know, and, and uh, there's been different places, uh, uh, you know, heck I was at the uh, Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago and, you know, Camaro was standing next to me. He had no idea who the heck I was. I knew who he was. We talked for about three or four minutes. I never said anything to him about coaching at Tulane. I was just really impressed with, you know, just the bounce in his step and the positivity that he was projecting. So, you know, and then they all do so much in the community as well. And, you know, we try to give back as much as possible to New Orleans. And, you know, that, that's our uh, pro football team, man. I don't, I don't let anybody wear any other stuff coming <laughs> in our building because – I tell our kids, I said, uh, I don't, I, I, can't think of a time that we've gone out and used the indoor facility of, of any of these other NFL teams. So don't be wearing that stuff in our building. <laughs>
2: nice. Well, Willie, how are you kind of approaching, look, if you have question marks at position groups, I mean, how challenging is it for you? And obviously you're not the only one. Every program in America is, is dealing with this. But how do you approach – your evaluation without having say a spring football and say you, you're it's uncertain when you guys are actually going to be able to hit the practice field
1: we actually got five practices in and uh, one, one thing was disappointing is we were having a big live scrimmage the day after the uh uh got everything got called off so I was, I was looking forward to that we we're gonna go 100 plays live and you know really get a good good evaluation on guys but you know the thing I'm excited about is we've got a veteran squad coming back I got five full-time starters coming back on offense and seven other guys who've started at least one ball game for us and then on defense we got seven starters coming full-time starters coming back and another five guys who've started at least one ball game in their career so we've got a lot of guys who've got true playing experience 48 letter winners uh, returning for us you know, everybody's in the same boat right now uh, in terms of uh, you know some some teams got there, there's a couple schools in our conference who got more practices in than us. There's a couple schools who got zero practices in, you know. But it, it seems like we practiced about two years ago. You know, I mean, it's that was a long time. I was sitting in this house every day. It's uh, that was a long time ago that we actually got a chance to practice. So. We really dissected those five practices. Uh, we've really gone back and looked and, and uh, evaluated how our guys did last season. Obviously, we grade everything that we do around uh, around here and how guys walk up the stairs. We, we grade that and all, of, all those different things. So uh, the, the, the key part for us is going to be getting our freshmen in. Uh, we feel like we signed a great freshman class. Only a few of those guys were early graduates who went through spring ball with us. And, you know, normally during the summer, that's when you catch those guys up. Everybody always talks about how, you know, the athletes are better. That's why so many true freshmen are playing now as opposed to 15, 20 years ago. That's not really the case. The athletes are better, but so are the returning guys. Uh, You know, the real reason they're playing is because they got three months in the summer learning the scheme and the drills and the techniques and the fundamentals and getting acclimated to the campus and the program and lifting weights with you and running. And so they come in and uh, preseason camp in August like a veteran. And we really are, are anxious to see the class uh, that we signed. We, we feel like we got bigger on both sides of the ball on the line and we feel like we got taller and longer out on the perimeter. And and that was, uh, you know, that was uh, not always the case. You know, when Tulane made this jump, it was a big jump going from the Conference USA up to the American Athletic Conference. And I, I don't know if everybody realizes what a big jump it was. I, I think our record out of conference uh, record with uh, playing the other – Group of four, uh, we call consider ourselves a part of the Power Six, but the group of four. I think it's thirty and two. You know, with uh, the American and the other four conferences, the Mountain West, the MAC, the Sun Belt and Conference USA. So that's a pretty dominating record, right there. So we made that vault up, and 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 really didn't have the depth and the 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 uh, uh, talent level that you needed to. You know we we're getting there, probably in Conference USA. But then we were going, you know, up to the American. So we feel like we, we, you know, that that player number eleven through fifty, we feel like are guys that are bona fide Division One football players now, which is allow going to allow us to compete for you know conference championships in the American. So not being able to see the freshmen has been the you know the one one thing. That uh, has been tough uh, with dealing with the pandemic.
0: Willie, I know we're still like three and a half months away from your uh, scheduled opener against southeastern Louisiana, September third. Uh, what do you think football is going look like in the fall? do you have do you have any idea at this point?
1: Oh you know as a matter of fact, uh, my a d just called a second ago and probably give me an update on his meeting. Troy Dannon is uh, you know, president Fitz are doing an outstanding job with you know, keeping everybody apprised of what's going on. And, and you know, they, they want to be a, you know, uh, I, I call it in football, smart, aggressive. A lot of people, we, I've had some guys who played for me, played dumb aggressive. We want to play smart aggressive, but uh, they're, they're not going to do anything that's going to put anybody in danger and in harm's way. You know, I, I don't know. I, it's, uh you know, I'm one of those guys that, you know, you tell me what to do and I'm going to go after as hard as I can and, you know, this is not my decision in any way, shape, or form. And, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, something on a side note, I was listening to a a, a presentation the other day, Walter Isaacson was the moderator, and this guy named John Berry was speaking. And John Berry was part of of the 73 Tulane football team, but he's written a book about the pandemic of 1918. And he was talking about this uh, situation that's going on right now. He's a professor, and Dean at Tulane, and and he just thinks that you know it's it's trending in the right direction, you know, and everybody's just got to continue to be smart, and, I, and uh, I'm hoping that by the time we're scheduled to report on August the fourth, I'm I'm hoping that everything's going to be back to, you know, not normal but the new normal, and uh, you know we're going to be able to stay on on a course. To play a game uh, on September, uh, you know, the game against uh, Southeastern Louisiana, it's going to be tough on me. You know, I'm a, you know, the reason I got into football is, you know, I love uh, being a mentor to our young people and promoting positive change. And I'm a hugger and a, a knuckle bumper and a handshaker and a, you know, all those kind of different things. And you know, I've heard people talk that you're going to have to. Refrain from doing that. I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to. So uh,
2: we'll see what ends up happening. Well, yeah, I'm wondering about the windsurfing. Come on, it, we can't have two-lane football without Willie windsurfing, right? Come on.
1: No, we're gonna we're gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> I'll take a chance. Those winds are hard to come by, man. You work you work so hard. We're gonna we're gonna windsurf.
2: <laughs> no doubt about it, uh, Willie. I I know I talked with you a few times uh, this offseason, and of course, big question mark is quarterback because last two years you've had Justin McMillan. And look, I know that Keon Howard has been on campus, have been in the system and that sort of thing. Uh, But how do you feel about that position going forward? Because you know Tulane fans are going to be wondering, all right, you you know, you've had a a veteran guy, essentially, with with Justin. Uh, How do you feel going forward, Giving that, again, it's it's like with everyone else, you haven't had the spring and you haven't been able to really see him totally guide the offense. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm really excited about it because uh, not only Keon, he, he I thought you know the five practices that he had were outstanding, fantastic leader. Uh, you know, Michael Pratt was an early graduate. He led his uh, high school team, highest classification in Florida, to the state championship. He had an excellent spring. You know, and I'm also excited about a kid from down the road here, uh, uh, Justin Ibieta, from Country Day High School. He's, I love his makeup. He's, a, you know, he's a highly intelligent young man. He's, uh, you know, not only in the classroom, but, but uh, talking football with him. Uh, you know, and, and then the, you know, I think kind of our race in the hole. You know, I, I got a lot of faith and confidence in our offensive coordinator, Will Hall. And this is going to be his second year, you know, and that's a lot different when you go into his second year and and the guys are used to the system. And I've just seen the way that he's tweaked the system, you know, uh, talked about him getting hooked up with, with uh, Peyton Manning and going, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a gym rat, he's a football nerd, you know. Uh, he, he talks to me every day about all the different people he's talked to. He's a, he just loves football. He's a football coach's son. And so I think that really helps you, your second year, understanding the strengths and the weaknesses and what you did, maybe that you liked, what you didn't like, maybe tweaking a, a certain concept uh, in the passing game or the running game. My offensive line coach, this is his second year um, with our in within our system. All my assistant coaches on offense are – are now used to how Will likes to do things on the offensive side of the ball. Will and Cody are used to how I like to do things as a head football coach. So I really think that's going to contribute greatly to our quarterbacks' uh, uh, evolution, uh, all those guys. I think it's going to really improve those guys.
0: Coach, we're just a few weeks removed uh, from the NFL draft, and uh, you had a couple of Of your former players, selected Darnell Mooney in the fifth round and Thakarius Keys in the seventh round. And we know a year ago Donnie Lewis uh, also was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, That seems to me like a great selling point for you and your staff. I mean, these were players that kind of fit the Tulane mode in a lot of ways, probably weren't uh, highly decorated prospects coming out of high school. You all get them in there and uh, develop them and send them on, and they're kind of ascending players uh, in the NFL. Uh, can you t- speak a little bit about how, has that helped your alls recruiting as well? I mean, you're able to sell that to prospects down the, you know, down the line.
1: Yeah, we, we've got 15 guys that are, uh, going to be in camps, you know, uh, this fall, uh, that played for Tulane and all of them played for me at least one year, except, uh, old Lorenzo Dost, you know, St. Og product and Ryan Grant. This will be his eighth year, you know, playing in the NFL. Uh, and, uh, Oh shoot, uh, Ryan Griffin, you know, with Tampa Bay Bucks. Those mm-hmm. are the only guys that didn't play at least one one season for me, and, and uh, so we're really proud of the fact that, you know, as you said, developing the guys. We have a, a mantra that we've got up in our wall in our uh, meeting room that says recruit, retain, develop. And we want to, you know, we're, we're working our tail off to recruit bona fide Division One student athletes with character. All right, and then we want to retain these guys by having a culture that they can thrive and grow in. And I, I feel like we've done that. We've got good young men in our program. But last and not least, you know, develop these guys. And both of those two are great stories. We were their only division one offer. Uh, Darnell's from Gadsden, Alabama. And uh, he qualified the last week before signing day. We brought him in for an offer uh, for a visit, offered him. He signed with us. He's 155 pounds, ran a four five eight as a freshman. He went to the combine. He was one eighty and ran a four three eight. He had the fifth fastest time out of three hundred participants at the at the combine. And he's gonna make that team because he's got a tremendous work ethic. And then Bo Pete, uh, we signed him two weeks after signing day four four years ago. He's really kind of a basketball player and went, played one year of football and he's 160 pounds, six foot one. He was at the combine, he weighed 202. He would have gotten drafted a lot earlier, except he was injured and couldn't run a 40. He'd gotten hurt and didn't participate in our bowl game. But uh and I'm excited he's going up to Kansas City. And uh well, I'll tell you what, Tulane is neat is uh, uh just connections that you have. Matt Forte's helping Darnell get settled in up there in Chicago, which is need of uh, Matt and then uh, Mark Sadowski is uh a scout up there. You guys had an article about him in the athletic. Do You remember mm-hmm.
0: that one? Yeah, it was a great story.
1: Yeah, it, was, uh, it was neat. I've gotten to know Mark a little bit. He comes in and recruits our, our place, but, uh, uh, uh those guys are kind of helping, uh, Darnell get uh, acclimated to Chicago. And when, if, and when he gets up there, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. And then Bo Pete, you know, I'm from Kansas city. So my, my, my brother's going to help kind of take him under his wing and, get him uh, uh, situated there up there in Casey. And uh, so we've done We did a great job of developing those guys as football players. And, you know, we're always trying to find those, those guys that, you know, other people may not be looking at, but the thing I'm excited about is we're, we're beating, you know, uh, Angelo Anderson, a kid from local, local kid from John Curtis high school. He had four, you know, legit, sec offers you know it's not just them sending him a letter i mean they wanted him mm-hmm. badly and he wanted to stay in town and play ball for for two lane. uh i remember a couple of years ago armani dixon uh, defensive end uh, from uh chicago heck uh he he dropped everybody that was recruiting me it's a big 10 offers uh because his dad wanted uh, his son to get a Tulane type education you know, so we, we're we not afraid to mix it up with the so-called big boys because, you know, we got three great things to sell that not very many people in the country have had to sell. You know, first and foremost, opportunity to get a world-class education. Second, opportunity to play big-time Division One football. We're the third-ranked conference out of the ten conferences that play D1 football. Big Ten had six teams in the final top 25, SEC had five, the American had four, and then it went down from there, right? So there's big-time football, and you get to do those two things in the number one destination city in the world, according to the New York Times in 2018, New Orleans. So we got a lot to sell.
2: Willie, your other check from the Chamber of Commerce in New Orleans is also in the mail as well, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but one more question, and uh, and we will let you go. We really appreciate you. You
1: know, you know something about that, though. You know, we got here. People were wanted to hide New Orleans when these guys come in. We embrace it. That's why the characters so important. You know, I don't care. I, I was a head coach in uh, at Blinn Junior College, Brenham, Texas. All right, it's a little town. You wanted to get in trouble in Brenham, you could sure find it. You know, and it's the same thing, obviously, in any city in the world. You know, but there are so many neat things to do. You know, on our campus, or surrounding our campus, and uh, in the city of New Orleans. And you know, sometimes I get people from far away. The only the one thing they've heard about New Orleans is some street that starts with the B letter B. I'm not sure the name of that street, but uh, <laughs> you knowing you have to, so when we get them here, we, we show them the city, and they're they're just amazed. And, how friendly the people are, and how many neat things there are to do.
2: Well, Willie, actually, my first newspaper job was in Colleen, Texas. So I know Brenham. So that's. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's... I go up to, I had a couple kids from Ellison that played for me.
2: Oh, very nice. I, I remember Ellison. Yeah. Ellison, you had Colleen, you had Shoemaker, Harker Heights. All those schools, yep. oh yeah, Coppers Cove right down the down the road. All right, I'll, I'll get off of Middle Texas talk, but but look, I did want to bring up your defense, and I look at the front seven, and boy, it seems like you guys aren't really missing a beat. It's like it seems like that the, these these kids that you've had played well and now we're getting to their senior year say a, a, a Patrick Johnson and a, and a Cam Sample how I mean how pumped up are you to kind of have those guys for one more year and it seems like that's going to be kind of the base uh to me at least uh, of this team
1: you know I'm pumped up too we got a new defensive line coach Kevin Peoples, did an outstanding job for us he he went to Indiana and I, I hired Byron Dawson he was the head coach and Evangel Christian who's the USA Today uh uh, uh, high school coach of the year in 2016. Uh, you know, and I, I just, I've been going in there recruiting his school for four years and, uh, it was kind of a four year interview. You know, I was one of those guys that I I knew I was, if Kevin was to ever leave, I was going to hire Byron. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, as soon as uh, that happened, boom, I was on the phone, got, uh, Byron over and interviewed him just so I could cross my T's and dot my eyes. And, and he was hired. He's one, one guy I interviewed for the, for the job. And he's going to do a sensational job with our front. As you talked about before, uh, you know, with these guys, uh, Cam Sample, I think he's a big-time football player. I, I you know, he, he he's going to be a draft pick. I really believe that. And, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Johnson has had a phenomenal career at Tulane Uh you know, we've got a bunch of depth up front, you know, Deandre Williams has started a ton of games and Devon Wright and, and, uh, Jeffrey Johnson. And, uh, you know, just, uh, we feel like we're going to be able to play, you know, eight or nine guys up there. And then we signed a couple freshmen, you know, Brandon Brown, a kid from over, uh, Houston, Texas, who was the, uh, 6A defensive player of the year in the state of Texas. And, uh, you know, he was another guy. He had all sorts of offers, and uh, we were fortunate. He's a—he uh, was his uh, parents were New Orleans natives. They moved over to Houston after Katrina, and uh, you know they wanted to get back over here. You know, so we were fortunate enough to to get him. Uh, so, you know, we we're, we're loaded up front. We got some really really good players up there.
2: Well, Willie, look. We appreciate the time. I know normally you'd be like, "No way, I'm talking to Larry and Jeff. Those guys are bums." So again, I'll send you a check. We're sending everyone sending you checks for for for, for your gratitude here. No,
1: I got three of them, man. No, I tell, tell you, what, I appreciate everything you're doing uh, for for Tulane. I mean, I think we're a hidden gem, and I've said this many times to you before. Yeah. But if people come to our stadium, and and uh. I'll, I'll be honest with you when, when I go to a an NFL game or if I go to a a few uh, the uh, playoff games in college and things like if I don't have a good seat, I don't go because I can't really see the field. I'd rather sit at home and watch it on TV to be honest with you. but uh if they put me up in the upper rafters, uh, at our place, every seat is a perfect seat uh, and uh, it's I think it's a great experience every. I know all the people that have gone for the first time. You know, I've gotten to know my neighbors now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I leave at 5.05 in the morning, and I, I used to get home late at night. And now I'm out here, I walk the dogs and do all this. And, and uh, I've, I've met met a few people that I've met around town, and I didn't know they were my neighbors. Uh, but uh, it, almost every one of them told me, you "No, know, Coach, I went I went to a game last year. And, wow, what an unbelievable setting for a college football game. Yeah, you got great food and drink also, and uh, they, they just really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, anybody out there, if you're traveling through New Orleans or you're living in New Orleans, you come to a ball game, we'll get you hooked because it's also a great, great, great level of play. But
2: thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach Fritz. Really appreciate that. That's, really that's appreciate Coach Willie it. Fritz here on the Duncan Holder Podcast, and that's going to wrap up this edition of the Duncan Holder Podcast. want to thank you. Our awesome producer, Danielle, as always. And for Jeff Duncan, I'm Larry Holder. Appreciate you guys listening here on the Duncan Holder Podcast here on the Athletics Podcast Network.